Well, hey, everyone, this is Jake, and this is the Access Podcast. So glad that you're listening. Hey, we're going to continue from our series on Thursday nights, Discovering the Personality of Jesus, with another talk today. So we hope you enjoy. I know where we'll start. Um, a month and a half ago, we started playing flag football with uh, some of the guys from Access and from the youth and whatnot. And, and uh, you know, I thought I'm in pretty good shape. Uh, <laughs> and we got out there the first week, and I'm, like, running around in, you know, in, in, in 26 year old fashion, I think I'm faster than I am. And I think I'm uh, I think my body can handle, like I handled football and, and, and running around when I was 18, 19, 20, mm-hmm. I got home. Literally, I could barely get out of bed for like a week after <laughs> one week of flag football. <laughs> I was texting Gabe and I was texting the other guys. I'm like, are you guys as sore as I am? And all of them are like dead too. They're like so sore. And, uh, it's just funny as, as, um, not that I'm old, I'm not old at all, but as I continue to age each year, little things like that I'm finding are becoming much more difficult yeah. and uh, it's more taxing on my body than it used to be. Yeah, I uh, I helped someone move the other day and woke up the next day and I was literally going, why is my arm hurt so bad? And I remember it was literally just from carrying things up a stairs. It's it's sad on how we get older and older and physical activity tends to become less and less. So when you actually when you actually do it, it just yeah, it <laughs> strains the body. I need to get to the gym. <laughs> that reminds me. It's not really with working out. We were in the um it was a youth service. I think it was in June. We had like our our first Wednesday kind of big party bash and we had a uh worship set and it was a really jumpy like party song. Mm-hmm. And I started like headbanging, you know, like, <laughs> like in a, in a concert and I was just going hard and it was so much fun. Like all like dudes in the, in the middle are just pushing each other. And, uh, and I woke up the next morning, my neck was so sore. I was like, what did I do last night? I'm like, did I, this is from headbanging <laughs> during one of the worship songs. Thanks Jasmine for choosing all those songs. Oh my word. Yeah. I've literally never understood the whole headbanging thing. Or like, I don't understand it either. I was just trying to be cool. Mosh pits. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's never been, and this is not criticizing anybody that, that does it. I've just never understood it. There's Mitch never Gar- been a moment. Mitch Garcia, Mitch mosh Garcia. pits. <laughs> I've never understood. The, there's never been like an inkling in me of going, I really need to jump into a pit and be thrown around right now. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen the videos of them literally just swinging their arms and people getting decked in the face? No. Oh, my gosh. When I was in college, someone, uh, some dudes tried to get me to go to a, a, like a screamo or rock concert with moshing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hex, no, I do not want to get punched in the face. <laughs> that does not sound fun. And these guys are like, dude, when you get knocked, when you just get punched, it's like the most adrenaline you'll ever feel. I'm like, I will pass on that from getting adrenaline. punched in the face <laughs> by some random dude who's probably high on cocaine and other crazy stuff. Well, Sorry, I'm not judging. I'm not judging those people quick. right now. <laughs> I'm sorry, no judgment. This is, I'm, I'm hoping what if the shoe fits. Yeah, okay. I, I hope you're no longer talking about the Christian <laughs> screamo concerts. Oh. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so so that's what's going on in your life. Is is oh, uh, you know that, Yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's the only thing. <laughs> and a baby, but that's about it. Nice. How's mm-hmm. uh, how's Rimmer doing? He's doing good. And it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. He's like smiling and laughing and it's cool. Mm-hmm. It's cool. How soon before he's preaching on a Thursday night? Oh man. Give him three years. <laughs> Give him three years. It's kind of making, this doesn't make me angry, but just a little part of me. Everyone's like, Oh, he looks just like Abby. And I'm like, 
I'm like okay with that. Mm-hmm. But if there's part of me that's like, okay, I need you, Remmer, Remmer, look at me. I need you to start looking like me. Like I need you to start looking like me. Okay, some of my pride kicking in. <laughs> I definitely think there's a bit of both. I, I find that a lot of my friends' babies start off looking very heavily like one parent, and then grow into other features, yeah. and then end up actually looking more like the other parents. So hmm. I think you have something to look forward to. I have a, I have a shot. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to grow into your facial features. Yeah. And then everyone will be like, oh, he looks just like Jacob. And then Abby's going to be upset at you. I don't think Abby, she's much more like <laughs> mature and insecure in herself than I think I am when it comes to that. So <laughs> Wives always are. It's, it's amazing. Uh, as far as Emily and my world, we're about to take off and, and go up to uh, to my dad's cabin. Actually, it's my my stepmom's cabin, but they nice. just got married a couple of weeks ago. So now it's my dad's cabin. Now I've inherited it into nice. the, the family uh, usage. So we're going up this weekend. Four days or? Uh, tonight. Yeah, about four days. Nice. I mean, we're coming back really on Sunday morning because she has to, to work and then obviously Sunday church. But, yes. but yeah, it'll be good. Nice prime time fall colors. That's going to so. be there's a That's lake. Gonna be a good getaway. We may actually take if if it's not blistering cold, we might take the uh, kayaks out onto Ooh. the lake. It'll be fun. That's always fun. Yeah. Taking your camera. Yeah, I'll I'll take it. I have some photo work that I have to do while we're up there, including the fall colors. But for the most part, I'm probably just gonna chill and read a good book and snuggle up with my wife. So sounds like a good weekend. Yeah. But that's that's a big plans for us right now. But well, other than that, discipleship program going good. The discipleship program is going amazing. Yeah. Uh, Mondays have been absolutely incredible. Right now we're going through uh, how to study scripture. So we have Pastor Daniel Vanderklok. Last week we had Pastor Josh Vanderklok come in. He did uh, a whole teaching, amazing teaching on the validity of scripture. Um, and then Daniel's just been teaching how to dive in deep with scripture, how to mm-hmm. write commentary, how to kind of do deep dives on on words and a lot of the stuff that, you know, you see pastors and people do. I think of Rick Renner every time I think yeah. of a, a deep dive because that man's just a walking Greek library. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the the students have been enjoying it. I've been enjoying it. We've been going through the, the four Gospels. So first week of October, we read through Matthew, then we went through Mark, and now we're currently going through Luke. And it's just so, so cool to... Um, to just see the person of Jesus within the Gospels yeah. and, and to pause on things and to do deep dives and to actually digest some of uh, not just the words on the page, but to literally sit and digest and meditate on the character, goodness, and nature of Jesus, our Lord. And it's it's been so much fun, and I know that each of the students have have really enjoyed um, doing these deep dives. So yeah, so yeah the program has been going great. That's awesome. Yeah. Third year? Third year. <laughs> Growing. 16 students this time, nine last Damn. time, six the first time. So we're growing. Shout out to that first group. That's right. The Shout OG, out to that first group. OG Disciples. Christian Reitzma. Tony. Hannah Bartman. Hannah Bartman. Mark. Mark Copenall. And then Justin was uh, kind of our halftime guy. Yeah. You <laughs> Justin know, for King. his California adventure, adventure. Yes. But... The OG disciples, Tony, yeah. we love you guys, and the second group, we love you. There's nine of you, so we're not going to label off yeah. each and every one. I'll just, I'll just name Trevor. Okay, that's all you need to know. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to love that. Awesome. 
Well, hey, what's our uh, what's our topic yeah, today um, for the? We're going to continue the series on uh, just have a conversation on the personality of Jesus, and really, we're going to f- uh, really see where this conversation takes us. Uh, talking about Jesus, his divinity, mm-hmm. but also his humanity, and kind of talk through how to approach him um, relationally, how to approach him scripturally, and so kind of the key passage that we want to that we want to work through today is in Philippians 2, verses, I'm going to read 5 through 7, and then see, I mean, Philippians 2 is just incredible, but we'll just stick through 5 through 7 for now and just see where it takes us. So, in verse 5, it starts out this way. It says, Having this attitude in yourselves, which is also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant, and being made in the likeness of men. Being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. So we see this in this, this passage just really emphasizes the, the spiritual truth that, of how Jesus, when he came to earth, he did not come as God, mm-hmm. but Jesus came as a representative of man mm-hmm. in order to do what Adam failed to do and to do what man couldn't do, which was to reconcile humanity back to God. And in order to do that, he had to empty himself, empty his, his, his God self mm-hmm. and be humbled to a point of being a man. And so that's where we're, we'll start today and just see where it takes us is this topic of the humanity of Jesus and how important it is to our daily life, to our relational life with God, mm-hmm. and how how impactful it can be to truly understand the different dynamics that come with Jesus's humanity. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah. So, what are some of your just initial thoughts off the top reading that scripture? Sure. My initial thought is this is this is one of the biggest I find areas when I talk to people. Uh, one of the biggest wrestling areas because it's so difficult for our minds to comprehend that, that God literally Jesus came as God, but removed himself from his godlike nature to walk as man to complete what mankind couldn't like. This is, this is on the level of, of like the Trinity of how is there three in one? And you know, like this is just kind of mind boggling. So I, I love talking about this because I, there's, no complete thought in my mind because it's such a, a big thing to wrap its, our, our minds around. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's so beautiful and it shows God's love so much that he would literally send Christ, humble himself, and and step into our nature to meet us where we're at, but to not leave us where we're at, to actually draw us back into the initial relationship capacity that he designed us for. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a big thing, and I just want to, I kind of want to toss it back over to you and say, how do you, when somebody comes up to you and starts asking questions on like, well, how is how is it that Jesus was human, but but also God, but if how is he still God if he stepped out? Not that you have questions or the answers, yeah. but I, I just want to kick off the conversation like that. Yeah, I don't think. I have an answer. I, you know, I think the Bible has has answers for us and how it happened, not how it happened, but why it happened. How that happened is that's above my pay grade. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
here's what we do know is John 1 states in the first mm-hmm. part of John, it says, in the beginning was the Word. Yeah. The Word was with God. The Word was God. And then later on in John 1, it says, and the Word became flesh mm-hmm. and dwelt among us. Right. And so this is our Jesus who's eternal. Mm-hmm. It says everything in all of creation is upheld by the power of Jesus, by the power of the Word. Mm-hmm. So all of creation is upheld by Jesus. He's eternal. He was there. He was creating things in the beginning. Right. When God created, he was a part of creation. And yet he was in the womb mm-hmm. of a woman. And he dwelt, he became flesh and he dwelt among us. Yum. So how did that happen? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the creator of the universe, uh, sustainer of all life, yeah. becoming a man and emptying his God, God powers. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have an answer. All I know is that it amazes me and intrigues me. It it, it invites me into. Uh, a prayer life and a questioning that I have with God of, okay, if that's true, what are the implications of that? And, and, mm-hmm. and, and then I want to be, you know, cause one of the topics I think we'll get to today is, is that, is it irreverent to view Jesus as a human, right? Is it irreverent right. to say Jesus pooped, <laughs> you know, yeah, like, yeah. is that irreverent, you know? And I don't, um, we'll get to that. And I, I do think though that we could swing, right. And, and mm-hmm. view, view the humanity of Jesus and we could, Forget remove the remove the, the deity. holiness, the reverence, yeah. the fear of God, right? And and that would be a huge mistake, absolutely, because He is the Creator, absolutely. And but He's also human. So I think before we can get to His humanity, I think we have to start with His eternality mm-hmm. or His His uh, consistency throughout all of the creation. Yeah. And I think once we once we view that, that, that he was in the beginning, but then he also became flesh, I think that's where we start. And I think that's how, when someone asks me, how did that happen? I just say, listen, God so loved that he, that somehow he made it possible for himself mm-hmm. just to be emptied. Yeah. I don't think I even answered your question, but no, there I, we go. It's a, yeah. it's a good bit of conversation. I, I think it's so, so crucial you know, we look in, into Philippians 2, and we say, Jesus humbled himself and became the form of man. And and I think we can hear that word humbled, and we can have, we use humble in so many different ways. And mm-hmm. we can think through uh, a very skewed lens when we think of humble, and we could quickly move past it. But it's the fact that, like you said, Jesus did not start as baby Jesus, in fact, Jesus didn't start at all. Yeah. He was creator, and we have to take into consideration that creator submitted himself to be created in order to meet his creation and pull him back into to the nature. So I, I just think it's such a, a beautiful thing, but we also have to realize that, that Jesus was at work in Genesis 1, just as much as yep. in all of Old Testament scripture, it wasn't just, you know, whether whatever gospel you start into, it wasn't just the, the 
baby account of Jesus yeah. where he began because Jesus didn't begin. There's no beginning or end He's to eternal. God. He is eternal. That's the definition, yeah. And and to like allow our brains to to hurt for a moment to try and wrap our mind around eternal to wrap our mind around no beginning no end the alpha the omega we we need to almost feel kind of that that mind-blowing moment of hmm. wow that's beyond my comprehension because until we can understand that's beyond my comprehension we can't understand he humbled himself because the one who is beyond our comprehension came in to our comprehension, if that makes sense, to to interact with us, to talk with us, to uh, model the life that we were called to live. And, and I just think it's such a beautiful, beautiful thing. And you're right, we do have to start with the deity of Christ hmm. because his deity came first, right? What yeah. came first, the chicken me, or the egg? What came first, the deity or the incarnate? The deity came first. Yeah. And that's important for us to realize because then we can't fully understand the incarnate without that. So what's your favorite account in the Old Testament where Jesus the Old shows Testament himself? Of, uh, I think it's the fourth man in the fire. Oh, right? gosh. <laughs> There's another in the fire, and it's it's that's Jesus. Jesus is there with them in the fire. And, and the fact that he would interact with, with Old Testament reality and not just interact with us as New Testament. How about you? I was going to say that one. I was oh, going to say one. Jesus, that's like, got it. It's such a good one. I think it's an interesting conversation. You know, this is just a truth that, that we, we teach and that is true is that the whole New Old Testament is pointing to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is actually involved in the Old Testament in multiple places. Uh, where he he visits, Jesus will actually visit uh, different people in the Old Testament, mm-hmm. and it's uh, what do they call it? I'm drawing a blank right now. The uh, oh gosh, we can edit this part out maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I might just leave it in. It's it's important for people to understand that we don't always have uh, the, the names. Alec, what's up, dude? You came in nice and quiet. Come on down here, join us. It's a uh, Christophany. Christo- Christ- Christophany. Christophany. Isn't it? Alec, you got to help us, man. What is it called when Jesus visits someone in the Old Testament? It's not a Christophany. Is it not? I don't. Okay. We need to find this. Does anybody have Rick Renner on speed? <laughs> we can just skip over it. If you know, if you know what it is, go on Instagram and message us. Okay. <laughs> we'll probably know it by then. Probably not though. Could have sworn it was a Christophany. <laughs> I think it might be a Christophany. Yeah. I hope it is. I don't know. Pastor Dwayne, if you're listening oh, to this, we're sorry we failed you. Chris let's just type in Christophany. We have I the did. internet and we can't even I typed in Christophany and it pulled up a college professor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this guy's a one minute forty second forty seven second video on the difference between a theophany and a Christophany. Oh, it's Christophany. It is. I know this guy. He has a video on it. Boom. Good job, Nick. Got it. Good job. What were we talking about? I don't know. I don't, <laughs> What's I don't, your favorite Christophany? I don't quite know how to cut this. <laughs> What's your favorite Christophany? You said Jesus in the fire with yeah. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Shadrach, Meshach. Did you know I was Abednego. reading? I was reading in Daniel. Do you know that that's not the real names? 
Yeah. I just found that out today. I I read it and that, I they remembered got renamed. it. Yeah. They got renamed. Right. So did Daniel. Daniel has a different name. Right. It's weird. Yeah. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are way easier to say than their original names. It's true. That's probably why we just move forward <laughs> using those names. And I, yeah. <laughs> hey, sometimes you just run with the nicknames. That's right. So that was my favorite, but there's other ones that are that are obviously present in the in the Old Testament. You know, there's the Melchizedek. Mm-hmm. You know, some people think of uh, the priest who Abraham came and visited. Mm-hmm. Um, it says he had no beginning or end. And so it's kind of interesting to see that Abraham going to visit, visits this priest and that it could have been Christ and pays a tithe to him. And, yeah. and then it also says the rock that, uh, that Moses struck. Mm-hmm. It says that was Christ, you know, and it's kind of like oh, this. I was totally thought you were talking about Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Oh, I was the like, Rock. I'm yeah. pretty sure he is not <laughs> a Christophany. He's not a Christophany. <laughs> he could play Samson though, maybe. He could. He very well could. Yeah, but the Rock that Moses the struck. That Moses yeah, struck. that makes yeah, that much one. more sense yep. than Dwayne. It says, you know, and I think it's in Hebrews. It talks about how that was Christ, and he was struck once, and hmm. and so we just see Jesus to say. To speaking of, or the reason we're we're talking about this is because you had mentioned the eternality of Jesus or mm-hmm. the eternal nature that he wasn't Jesus didn't show up on the on the stage when he was born right that he existed and Prior has existed to. forever yeah and he visited so many times in the Old Testament and all of the Old Testament points to Jesus the Messiah mm-hmm. the promised one the anointed one to come and. I, I just think it's a it's a it's a non negotiable truth for each Christian to sit down, to go to God, to pray when no one's looking, and to consider and pray through the idea that Jesus is eternal mm-hmm. and just to blow your mind mm-hmm. and to make us wonder about how this even happens, <laughs> you know. It's beyond our it, that's one of those things where I Genesis 1, just go sit on Genesis 1-1, in the beginning was God, and realizing that that was Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Jesus is there, and to just sit on that, and to, to even allow yourself to to just daydream on, on what did that look like? What did that look like? In the beginning was God. There were, like Nothing had been created yet, and, and God wasn't created, so there was just God, and, and I teaching the the freedom class about the the kingdom of god and in that moment of in the beginning was god everything around was godness right everything that was true to be about god was in the atmosphere if we could even say that i don't mm-hmm. i don't know if atmosphere describes it whatever the in the beginning was or looked like um was just straight godness it was it was father son and holy spirit in a perfect unity in a perfect communion in a perfect community mm-hmm. uh and jesus is there and it, it, that's outside of time in space that's that's outside of the the things that we know to be true um apart from the fact that we know that to be true yeah <laughs> you know what i mean like our perceptual mechanisms i don't know what they would do within the atmosphere of in the beginning was god <laughs> Uh, but just sitting on that and just allowing that point to, to come in gives so much context and so much weight to what Christ did, uh, in humbling himself in coming. So I, I just think it's a beautiful thing to, to 
yeah begin the episode on is is just talking about that it's a it's a non-negotiable i think it's the precursor as we talked about earlier it's kind of the precursor or the the setup for his humanity mm-hmm. it's the setup because we have this eternal jesus who's all powerful all knowing and he he decides or god the father decides to send the eternal son his eternal son to the earth as a man mm-hmm. and this was god's it was it was the it was the plan all along it was prophesied 2000 years before 4000 mm-hmm. years before it even happened mm-hmm. that god had had made a way for a, a seed of adam who would crush the head of Satan who would crush the stain and the, 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 the death that came through sin. And this was, this was the plan that God had. And it, it, it's not irreverent or it's not, it's not a sin or, or we, we, it's not a sin to consider Christ's humanity because if God didn't want us to consider Christ's humanity, he would have never sent Christ as a human in the first place. And so since he did send Christ as a human, as a fully, fully man, then I believe that gives us permission to, to consider the implications and to consider what the significance is of, you know, Jesus really being here mm-hmm. as, as a man. Yeah. And, and some of the conversations that I have around this topic, the idea goes, well, you know, because when you when you start talking about this again it's it's not taking away the deity like in to talk about this apart from the deity would be you know wrong and just it'd be imperfect but to talk about Christ as incarnate understanding that the deity is still there we we get brought back to Genesis where God makes Adam in his image and likeness and after the fall no individual was walking in the image of likeness until Christ came onto the scene because Adam had lost that image and likeness mm-hmm. you know he, he had lost the the hosting of the carrying of the operating in the character and nature of God the Father Son Holy Spirit the image and likeness and then Jesus came to demonstrate to walk it out to be the image and likeness uh, not as God on earth, but as man on earth filled with the breath of God, like mm. Adam was in the beginning. When we, when we look at Adam in the garden and we look at the creation account of Adam and we see the ministry account of Jesus, they're, they're one and the same. It's, it's a recreation of the, the nature, the breath of God coming in when the Holy Spirit comes down to, to, you know, indwell and to carry on and host on Jesus Christ. It was a picture once again of God breathing into the nostrils of mankind, Mm -hmm. his image and likeness, uh, which is the beautiful thing. If Jesus came to do that as God and not as human, then it makes it impossible for us because we are not God. Mm -hmm. So for us to, to sit and dwell on the incarnate nature of Christ is actually it should be reinvigorating to us because it's an invitation for us to be able to walk in the exact same way. Yeah. If he did anything on, on this earth as God, then he would not have been modeling it for us. Still impressive. 
<laughs> yeah. Turning five loaves and two fish into feeding 10, 15,000. I'm still impressed, yeah. but since he was man. Right. It's, it's all the more. And it, now it's a beautiful invitation of, exactly. of allowing our minds and allowing our faith to be expanded to whole new degrees to understand this wasn't just God on earth. This was man on earth filled with God to invite us into that very life. I'll go here. Um, I was, we, we shared this verse every week, I think, or a few of the weeks in the series on discovering the personality of Jesus. It's in First John 1. And John, who's the best friend of Jesus, says, What was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word of life, Jesus, and the life was manifested, and we have seen and testify and proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifest to us. What we have seen and heard, we proclaim to you also, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. It's just that this, what John is saying here, he's, he, he's, not, he's talking about the humanity of Jesus. Mm-hmm. He's saying, we saw Him, we touched Him, we heard Him, He was here. And we're writing to you all these things about who Jesus is eternally, but also who he was on earth. We're writing these things to you so that you can know him as well. Mm -hmm. You see, because I think his life on earth, his life on earth is an invitation to know him eternally, right? Mm -hmm. His life was the invitation. Without the life, you can't have the connection to the eternal one. And, And John's just saying like, listen, the more that you know what his life was like, the more connection to you'll have to his eternal nature. And the more you'll understand him as creator, the more you'll understand him as, as holy, the more you'll understand him as, as eternal. And his life is actually a, his life is so crucial to who he is, Mm -hmm. you know, his time here on earth. He was the author of life. He showed us that he was the, he showed us on earth that he's the author of life, that even though, Lazarus was dead. The, the the servant girl was dead. Jesus walks into the room and says, get up. Yeah. Lazarus, come forth. Take yeah. off the grave clothes. And it, it just shows us that if he did that while he was here, he is the author of life. He is the yeah. true author of life, the one that we read about in Genesis 1. Mm-hmm. And I just I love that passage, the invitation that John offers in 1 John 1, which is just that they saw him, they heard him, and they're writing all these things, all the, the, the epistles that John wrote, that Peter wrote, that, that all these New Testament authors wrote, Timothy, they wrote these things, um, they wrote these things so that we could know Christ, mm-hmm. that we could know him personally. Yeah. Let me, let me kind of bring this to maybe a, a practical standpoint, because so far we've been talking about a lot of lofty things on the the deity of Christ and and the in the beginning this and and a lot of that. So like what do you think is a practical way of going when you go into scripture and when you mm-hmm. look at the person of Jesus how do you practically experience him? How do you practically encounter his his personality? Hmm. Practically uh the first the first practical step is we have to be put ourselves in a position to where we're alone. Uh, I think God will meet us um, at anywhere we're at, 
but my experience has been God will meet those who are lost in like public places, whether, you know, he finds them in a crazy way, right? And you hear these stories. But I think for his children, the primary way where he meets them and grows them is in the secret place. And it's in this place of carving out time to say, God, I'm here to meet with you. And, and I think that's just the first practical step, which is we have to have time for it and we have to dedicate time to it. Um, but when it comes to the Bible, I think just something that just quick comes to my mind is that when we're reading the Gospels mm-hmm. specifically, when we're reading is to not skim over the stories that we're reading and not, not to say that we place ourselves in the situation, but to start to picture what it would have been like for Jesus to do the things that he did, to say the things that he said, and to ponder it and to consider it. Mm-hmm. And I've done this, I do this quite often. And I, 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 every time I do it, it changes me because I know I'm called to live and look like him. And I'm seeing the way that he deals with people. And I'm seeing the way that he doesn't care about interruptions and distractions. And I'm seeing the way that he, that he cares about the, 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 the lost and how he cares about his disciples and how he speaks the truth and and, I'm, and how he's not afraid of anyone and how he's just, he stands in the face of uh, Pharisees and, and, mm-hmm. and leaders and he just stands in the face and doesn't care any, any of what they say. Yep. And I picture those scenarios and situations and when I do that and I consider that he was a human being doing these things, uh, for me, it stops me in my tracks and it puts me in an awe and wonder and I say, okay, Jesus, that's how you, that's how you handled that situation. Mm-hmm. Would you produce that in me? Mm-hmm. I believe that I'm made to look just like that. Yeah. Now, would you give me the grace? Would you give me the, the the courage? Would you give me whatever's needed for my life to look more like that today? Mm-hmm. In the practical standpoint, I guess for me is I can't do it on my own. It's not like I can muster it up enough, right. whatever, to right. look like Jesus. But it's the heart. It's the faith part, right? It's the faith that says I want to look like that. And God honors that, and his grace then moves in our hearts and starts to slowly change us as we continue to develop that relationship mm-hmm. and obey and, and act in little steps of obedience towards that. So yeah. what about for you? What do you think? Well, real quick, to, to touch on something that you just said of you can't do it on your own, I think it's important for us to realize that Jesus didn't do it on his own. <laughs> right? That, that everything he did was from the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, and I think that that was part of the the point of him coming down to model that for us. So yeah. that I just think that understanding that of I can't do it on my own. When I see the things of Christ in Scripture, I can't do that. I can't produce him in me. It's only through the Holy Spirit. But yeah. but meeting us in Scripture, a big thing that I do practically from from my standpoint is when I go into to really like read and digest and and just see the life that's in Scripture. Before I open up my Bible, I just pray, Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. would you do a work in me that I can't do on my own? That's that's why I love that you said that is is going. I can't even go into Scripture and understand Scripture on my own. <laughs> I've tried that so many times, and I just I realize more and more that I'm just an absolute idiot <laughs> to to a large degree because I I might run off with with a head knowledge thing, but then realize later on, oh, I missed the point. Uh, and there was an experiential thing that Holy Spirit really wanted to do in me. Yeah. So to piggyback off kind of what you're saying right right now, it just sparked something in me, something that I've been doing more recently that I'd never done before, which is it seems quite simple. But 
uh, more recently, last few months, I've never, I have not opened my Bible and I read my Bible. I'm not going to say every day because I don't want to lie, mm-hmm. but <laughs> most days when I read my Bible, I will not open my Bible until I've spent a significant amount of time praying. Yeah. Not praying for anything in particular, worshiping. Yeah. I, I won't open that thing because, because I need the, I need the Holy Spirit and I need the presence of God to teach me what I need to know, what yeah. I don't know. And I used to read my Bible, right? And, and I'd read my Bible and I'm just looking, okay, oh, that's good right there. Yeah, I can, I can work on that today. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, and that's a good thing. The Bible is the, it's the, it's the right and wrong. It tells us that the, the morality, teaches us morality. It teaches us the things to do, the things not to do, but that's not the lifeline of Christianity. The lifeline of Christianity mm-hmm. is relationship. Yeah. And Jesus even said, it. he said, the greatest commandment is to love God and to love people. And it's not a list of 613 commands. It's, it's two commands that encompass all of them. And so just practically to, to, for Jesus to meet Jesus in a, in a real way in the word, I think our hearts and our, and our hunger has to be there to say, Jesus, I just want you. Um, and I just want you. I want the real you kind of, that was a prayer that we prayed like, Jesus, we want the real Mm -hmm. you. Mm Mm-hmm. So show me who you are as I read these passages. As I read these scriptures, show me who you are. Yeah. Going in with like a desperation and, and finding the desperation first in prayer. I was, I was on Instagram and I follow a Charles Spurgeon kind of Instagram account that just posts up a bunch of his quotes. Mm-hmm. And, and one of his quotes is saying, we think that we go into prayer for, for uh, greater things. But he said, prayer is the greater things, wow. you know, like the, our, our time in prayer is the importance. Um, because we, we see it in the person of Jesus. He would often retreat to the mountaintops, to the, as to as the as wilderness. Was exactly. Yeah. It says he would do it on, on a, a daily or as was his custom, like you said. And we see just how much he honored and appreciated or earnestly sought out time with the father before ever going in and doing any of the the greater works um and he would he would find both god and himself within those times of prayer and and i think we can go into scripture and read through all the great things that he did but if we don't also first spend that time and often retreat off to pray with the father then then we'll miss so much of the richness of the things that God wants to slow us down on. Mm-hmm. And we'll start just moving through it just because we've, we've opened our Bible and we, we want to get through it. And it, there's a good, there's a good desire inside of us that yeah. wants to go through scripture, but there's, there's a difference to Holy spirit really reading scripture into us and reading us through scripture. Um, that's so much more impactful than actually just going into scripture, just trying to, you know, do a yeah. good thing. You got to start someplace. So, I mean, if you don't know how else to start into scripture, just start into scripture. Yeah. <laughs> God will meet you there. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Just another, uh, as we're talking about practicals, as we dive into the word and we dive into really trying to meet the real Jesus, as we're talking about spirit to spirit connection. Um, I think it's important to, as we go and we read, so as you're reading stories and reading the accounts of Jesus, is sometimes we, 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 we're, so we're picturing the setting like I talked about earlier, but to really consider what Jesus is saying. Mm-hmm. You know, I think sometimes we're, 
we're quick just to read over the red letters, right? And we read over them and we're like, yep, that's just what Jesus said. Yeah. But so you, you set the, you, you create the setting and then you really dive into and you, and you laser in on what is Jesus really saying here? Yeah. Because he only had three years. And so everything that he said was extremely important to, this is what, this is what heaven is like. This is what you're intended to live and look like and to really dive into the, what Jesus act. Cause most people, you know, it says, if you are my disciple, Jesus says that if you love me, you'll keep my commands. Mm-hmm. He says, if you hold to my teachings, you are truly my disciple. And I'm being honest here up until the last few years. I don't even, I'm, I'm reading through the gospels, you know, quite frequently. And I'm like, I'd never knew Jesus said that. <laughs> like, right. so how are you, how are we supposed to follow Jesus's commands? Right. How are we mm-hmm. supposed to follow and obey what he says? if we don't first actually know what he's commanding, what he's telling us to do. And Jesus is not telling us to do do a bunch of rules. He's actually telling us how to connect with the father and how to be free and how to live a life of peace how to live a life of freedom. He's showing us how to not care for this world, but to care for the eternal world or Mm -hmm. eternal life. He's showing us the pitfalls of religion, the pitfalls of, of politics. And he's showing us the, all these things that are like, man, if I would have just known this a few years ago, I my life would be a little bit easier right now because yeah. I would have been saved from a toxic thinking just sure. by listening to the words of Jesus and, and narrowing it out in on them. Yeah. And sometimes we can, we can think of commandments and, and I know that in the past I had gotten like terrified of, Oh, if I, if I go in and see all the things that Jesus is, is, you know, commanding. And if I don't follow, you know, if I don't follow that, then, and I start to get afraid and I start to just kind of skim over it. You know, just from a fear of what if I, what if I can't live up to it? What if all yeah. these things or, and I also thought through the lens of he's giving these commandments to try and I have to hold up to these in order to eventually get into eternity. Hmm. But he's actually, the commandments that he's giving are, like you were saying, it's a way of life that in which we find eternal living in which we find eternal life. And when, when we actually come to know and actually search through and go, what is he asking of us? When, when we go through the Sermon on the Mount, what, what, what's he actually saying here? What's the commandments that he's giving? What's the, the, because they're not just demands that he's making of, you better act up and you better do these things. No, they're an invitation to be able to live the higher way an invitation to be able to actually step into the abundance of life here and now yeah. that when we come to know and love him and not just him as, as the person we make him out to be, but also him and his commandments, we actually get to taste that, that heavenly life, that kingdom life here and now. And we, you start to see on how, just how beautiful it is. And it's not things that I have to work really hard. Yeah. In fact, it's, Going back to if we we can't read scripture and, and understand it apart from the Holy Spirit, we can't do the things that he's saying apart from the Holy Spirit. Well, and that's where and, and this I just love where this conversation is going right now. This is where his commandments, so Jesus' commandments are impossible to obey without the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Right? We can't actually obey these commandments without his help. Right. And so they're not a necessarily a commandment of okay now these are the this is your checklist he's Mm -hmm. saying this is the way of life you can't accomplish it 
he said that to his disciples. Right. He's like, you need to wait for this promised Holy Spirit. But when he comes, he will bring to remembrance everything that I've said to you. Mm-hmm. And he'll give you power from on high. So Jesus is, is coming here. He's saying, listen to my commandments, right? Listen to what I'm saying. But don't, co- don't what you've started in the flesh or what you've started in the spirit, don't continue in the flesh. Right. See, the, the commandments are to be obeyed. But before we obey them, we should actually take them into this relational space with God mm-hmm. and say, God, man, I... <sighs> Like let's take the parable of the um, let's take the parable of the uh, the pearls in the fields, where Jesus mm-hmm. says the kingdom of heaven is like a man who who found treasure in a field and he sold everything he had and he went and bought that field. Right. Or the parable is like a pearl, and the man found the pearl, he sold everything he had and bought the pearl. Right. And and sometimes I've read that and I'd be like, okay, I'm not giving my all for God. Right. Mm-hmm. I need to start giving my all for God because I'm not. I haven't given him everything. Right. Mm-hmm. I haven't. I haven't sold my whole life, so I need to go and do something more for God. I need to show him that I'm that I'm really in it for him. And that's not, I don't think that's the point of the commandments. No, they are to be obeyed, right? right? Obviously. But I think the initial part is to take that and to say, Jesus, I what is this what does this look like in my life? I know that the the, the surface level reading of it, which mm-hmm. is that God, your life is so much more valuable mm-hmm. than the life that I have right now that my life is worth giving up. Right. Jesus, show me and give me, God, give me the vision. Give me the sight. Give me the, the faith. Give me the courage, God, to live this out. Mm-hmm. Not in my understanding of what that means to live out, but give me the heartbeat to live this thing out. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. It's asking, it, it's realizing that every commandment that he gives is attached to life and, and asking even for a picture of that life. Jesus, would you show me a picture of what my life would look like if I was operating within this commandment? Wow. Because then it brings hunger to then submit myself to the Spirit. And this part of the reason why he made them impossible for us to, to do on our own is because then we would do it on our own. <laughs> and that's not what he came back for. He came back to reconnect us to the Father, to reconnect us to himself, and yeah. to reconnect us with the Holy Spirit. So we think, oh, how how is it a good thing that he would come and give us something that's impossible for us to do? That's the beautiful thing is because every single commandment that he gives is an invitation for us to connect wholly to the Holy spirit and then to watch as life just bubbles up inside of us. And the beautiful part about this is even the first greatest commandment, love the Lord, your God. We can't even love God (laughs) without him loving us. Right. Because First John says this is love, not that you love God, but that He loved you first. Yeah. So the whole, the one commandment that Jesus, or the two commandments that Jesus gave us to, to follow, are impossible Apart for from. us to even follow, <laughs> unless we understand and receive God's love for us first. Yeah. And that's yeah. that's the premise of all, not all commandments, but that's the premise of the greatest commandment is that our. Our life needs to be filled with his life. And as our life gets filled with his life, then uh, the fruit of our lives starts to be much like you said, we abide in him. And it's like the vine and we produce fruit. Mm-hmm. A good tree produces good fruit. Mm-hmm. And it kind of brings up, I, I sent Nick, I had sent you the, the verse from Proverbs. It's just popping in my head right now mm-hmm. that I'd sent you earlier this week that I was just really, thought was really sweet. It's in Proverbs 14, which 
you know, I, this is kind of a side, totally sidebar. Mm-hmm. Remember a few weeks ago, I'd mentioned at Access um, in the first part of the series, how the playfulness of Jesus and how he speaks to us in numbers and how mm-hmm. a few years back, I'd always saw the number 14, right? Sure. I was seeing number 14 everywhere. And then Mark Van Harmelin came to me and said, hey, I did, because um, I couldn't figure it out. And then he said, hey, number 14 is the is the is a number biblically where it's the transfer of generations, hmm. kind of a generational blessing. It's a transfer from one generation to the next. Oh. So then I went and prayed through it with God and had a really beautiful word that I felt God spoke into my heart about how our generation, mm-hmm. this generation is going to usher in the greatest move of God the earth has ever seen. And, and I'm a part of it and my generation's a part of it. It's yeah. number 14. Wow. And then, uh, and then Abby came to me after I said that in the message and Abby goes, Jake, Remmer's birthday is May 14th. <laughs> And I was like, okay, this, cause he was born three weeks early. Like there's yeah. no way he should have been born on the 14th. Yeah. And he wow. was born on May 14. Wow. And I just started giggling, freaking out. <laughs> so anyway, this verse is Proverbs 14, 14. Hey-o. That's why I said that. Sure. Proverbs 14, 14. So it says the backslider in heart will have his fill on his own ways, mm. but a good man. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm reading this in the wrong version. Sorry. On the wrong version. <laughs> I just, uh, there's a different wording, sure. so I wanted to have the, the right the right reading. There's it's not a wrong version, say. but I wanted this version particularly. So people were like, yeah, you're supposed to read out of the King James. Yeah, I was reading out of that uh, Gen Z version. Gen so Z. have you seen that new Bible yes, on Instagram? Yes. Ye- it's hilarious. And Moses yeeted the sea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Proverbs 14, 14, New King James Version. Dang. The backslider in heart will be filled with his own ways, but a good man will be satisfied from above. Mm. And it's just this idea that, that a backslider will always, the reason a backslider is a backslider is because they're filled with their own understanding and their own ways and yeah. filled with the flesh and with, with their own thinking. But a good man is filled with things from above, mm. filled with the life of God, the spirit of God. And in this hunger and desperation, I think of the Sermon on the Mount, blessed are those who hunger and thirst yeah. after righteousness. They yes. will be filled. Hunger and thirst this, this deep desire within each individual to go and to meet with God and say, God, transform me. Jesus, meet me here. Connect with my spirit to your spirit so that I can look just like, just like you in every way. Yeah. I just think about, uh, I'm trying to find it. James, I don't know what, what scripture specifically it is off the top of my head, but James says every good thing comes from the father of lights mm-hmm. above and, and, just hearing even the the language of a good man feasting on the things from above, you know, I just I think it's a beautiful thing to where yeah, every us for us to even operate within goodness, for us to operate yeah. in what is goodness. Goodness is God's design, right? Yeah. But I don't know, just aside. I don't know how we want to end. <laughs> so, my encouragement, you can give encouragement right after me. Okay, Bubba. (laughs) Um, My encouragement to all of us, to myself included, is to have that hungry heart that goes into the word and that is hungry, that is hungry for God to fill us with his life. Even though that's a, it's an imagery that is like, what does that even mean? That's the point is not for it to make sense to us. Mm -hmm. The point is for us to say it's Colossians 3, 3. It's been the verse that's been in my heart the last two years. Mm. It says, my life is now hidden with Christ in God and that my life, the life that Jesus destined for me to live is actually hidden with Christ in God. 
and the only way to find it is to go to him. Hmm. So that's my encouragement to us and to everyone listening. Yeah. Wow. Interesting too, that he talks in Colossians three about setting our minds on things above as well. Yeah. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. My encouragement is to go read Colossians three. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Colossians <laughs> like one three. through, I think it's one through 15. Yeah. And go, I, it's just, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, and listen, and go watch the Bible project on Colossians. It's really good. Hmm. That's amazing. I, I would also leave this encouragement of, you know, anybody who's listening and, I mentioned at the beginning that we're currently going through the Gospels in the class, but anybody who's listening, if you haven't been in the Gospels recently, I just encourage you to go back in and, and go in with the the question of who is Jesus and yeah. who does he reveal the Father to be and and just feast on the life of Jesus, on the stories as we looked at in First John where, you know, we was it first John? Yeah, first first John. Yeah, where he's pointing towards he wrote all these. They yeah. all the disciples wrote these things so that way we would be able to encounter Jesus in the same way that they encountered him. And to to not leave the gospels until you've encountered Jesus. Hmm. Read them over and over and over again if you need to, but but really just Go in, say, Holy Spirit, Jesus, God the Father, I want to encounter you in these Gospels because it's such a beautiful journey to go on. So that would be my encouragement and my encouragement to myself as I'm <laughs> reading through Luke. Yeah, Most of my encouragements are just verbal encouragements to myself. <laughs> <laughs> Encourage yourself in the Lord. Yeah. Hey, this is Alec. Thanks again for listening in on today's episode. We hope you enjoyed it and have a blessed day.